It's not unusual to find plenty of wine caves and wine cellars in wine country. What is unusual is discovering a sophisticated broadcast facility inside these well-protected and often top-secret chambers. But maybe it really isn't that surprising that America's number one wine broadcast originates from the soul of wine country. And it is our great privilege to do all we can to inspire you. If you drink wine simply because, well, it's a drink, we've got our work cut out. For literally thousands of years, wine has fueled celebrations, ended conflicts, and provided the ultimate connection between one human being and another. It makes food taste better, lifts spirits, sparks our imagination, and beckons us to slow down and love life. If that all sounds good to you, you're in the right place. So sit back, clear your head, put any worries you have on hold, and join us as we go in search of this week's Grape Encounter. But be warned, we speak a much different language than what you typically experience in most wine-centric environments. But you didn't come here because you're ordinary, did you? Good, because your host, David Wilson, is here to take you far, far away from the beaten path. Here's David. And it is time for your weekly grape encounter. And oh, what a week it has been. We'll talk about that in just a second. But uh, before we do, I want to introduce my guest. And if you are a longtime Grape Encounters listener, you know that there is nobody I have more affection for in a fraternal sort of way than Christopher Sawyer, the sommelier to the stars. If you ever get a chance to meet Chris, if you ever get a chance to break bread with Chris, if you ever get a chance to break bread with Chris and his family, uh, <laughs> it'll change your entire perspective on life because he lives the life that I imagine um, to quote Thoreau. And I am looking at him right now. He's down in his cellar. I have been in that very cellar. And Chris, you are looking very good. And it's so well, thank you. It's nice to see your face, buddy. How's everything going? It's going good. I'm, uh, you know, just uh, making it through uh, this uh, summer. How about you? How are you doing now? I'm seeing something there. Um, I'm seeing this um, plate right in front of you that's protecting you from all my crazy words. What's going on? What did I do wrong? <laughs> well, it's more, what did I do wrong? Um, you know, I've, I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show, but I um, have suffered with a neurological issue that translates into the most insidious pain that you can possibly imagine. And yeah, it, it mostly is in my feet. It's um, it's a form of neuropathy, uh, but I'm not diabetic. And it's really hard to determine what the cause of it is. But the long and the short of it is a really, really amazing uh, neurosurgeon got involved because I was at the end of my rope. Anyway, he found that in my spine that it was really a train wreck and mm. the lower part of my spine, that lumbar region needed to yep. be completely rebuilt that the nerves had to be all rerouted and all fixed up and all that. And, and he did. And that was just a little over a week ago, but I'm okay. back. 
I'm back in the studio. I'm not supposed to be I'm not supposed to be here, Chris. But uh, well, I, I appreciate my invite, so I, I'm glad to be with you. If you love Grape Encounters, I think you're going to love it even more as this passes for me. The pain that I felt just uh, two weeks ago is gone. I'm I'm really super numb, but the pain is gone, and I'm I'm so excited. But you know, day by day. I can bend a little more and all this. I got to wear this ridiculous brace, but I think I look good in it. Don't I? You do. You kind of look like a star trooper, but I you don't do. have the helmet thing on, but yeah, I mean, it looks great. You know, you're absolutely right. I look like a star trooper. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> anyway, you know what the downside of this is, is that uh, I have to take a bunch of drugs to deal with the pain and all that stuff. So guess what I can't do, Chris? Uh, drink wine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll get there. I, I, I'd rather you feel better when you drink wine than than not. So I'm 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 encouraging you to just be patient, and uh, there will always be wine there for you. I am coming back with a vengeance. Anyway, enough about me. What I wanted to talk about today is um something that. I have been observing for, you know, really, uh, gosh, the last, I'm going to say three, four years, a trend has been developing. As most people know, I have a wine shop and tasting room. And, you know, it gives you the opportunity to observe thousands of people and, you know, changes in habit, changes in attitude, changes in latitude, as, yep. as uh, Jimmy Buffett would say. And, if there is one change that I have seen is that people are getting more daring with wine and they're asking for wines that they've never heard of before. They'll say things like, hey, you know what? Give me something that's kind of like this or kind of like that. And so I really wanted to talk about that. But a more specific question that I'm going to pose to you are people more daring when it comes to red or are people more daring when it comes to white i don't think you can answer that and, and have your quotes right because um i think that both of them are, are very appealing right now and i think that people have become very sensitive to aromas in particular and that would be more of a white wine thing um i think that there's so many lovely wines out there that have beautiful uh, aromas like last night i was tasting some of the great uh, Felice, uh, Felice wines from Spain and, and uh, having some Viura in there. You know, the aromatics on that wine were so amazing that it made me just dive right into it. It wasn't just me. I, I had two amazing women with me last night. One is uh, Andrea Emmer Robinson, who's a master of um, sommelier yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and one's uh, Liz Tosh, Dr. Liz Tosh, who oh is a master of wine. So, and we were all tripping out on how cool this stuff was. So, I mean, I think that that's, that's a great one. I want to make sure that people can discover this wine. So spell it. Viura, V-I-U-R-A, Viura. V-I-U-R-A. And it's a, it would be in the Spanish wine department. It's from, from La Mancha. Usually it's La Mancha's the biggest wine growing region in the world inside of a country. Um, it's right there in the middle of Spain. And so it, it was only part of a blend. Um, so it also had some, um, Ariel and, uh, which is A-R-I-E-L and, uh, also some Sauvignon Blanc in there. So it was really interesting stuff. And and I think that, you know, when you get these kinds of mixtures of things put together and, and sometimes 
you know, going back to Sauvignon Blanc, I mean, like one of the things that really taught me so much about white wine is like when you get into Sauvignon Blanc, there's some that you have that has the Musquet clone in it. That's um, M-U-S-Q-U-E, Musquet clone. And the Musquet clone always, to me, smells like melons and like really ripe melons that you just cut. And it's a very different experience of tasting that Sauvignon Blanc versus the ones that have oak or, or ones that are just the regular Sauvignon Blanc clone wine. So there, you know, these things are out there for us. It's just finding these wines, really coming back to that and, and the whites, especially last year. I mean, we had nothing but time on our hands in this 2020 right. pandemic where, you know, you could go to um, grocery stores or you could go to wine shops and, and buy wine, but you couldn't really go out to the wineries per se in a lot of cases. So, you know, you really had some opportunities to try some stuff. And especially if you were just at home drinking and wanted to try some stuff that wasn't really that expensive, but you were a little bit more daring than you would have been before. And I think I could say the same thing about people that were really uh, tapping into some of the cookbooks that they'd always had sitting there, but never really got to it. And then they became their little chefs right there and tried some types of food that they would have never thought they'd be eating. So if you're sitting around and you, you know you want to be playful with your wines, it's a lot easier to justify buying you know a bunch of white wines that are half the price and sometimes a quarter of the price of red wines. Uh, we are talking to Christopher Sawyer and. You know, if you listen to the show, he doesn't need an introduction. He is the sommelier to the stars. Uh, he consults with some of the most prominent names in industry and in entertainment. He stocks their sellers. Uh, he, he guides them. He is an opinion leader and a, a really, really reliable one. I love anything that Christopher recommends. And so I have nabbed him for today's show. Uh, we're going to do a, oh, one more segment with Christopher Sawyer in just a second. When we return with Grape Encounters Radio, we're talking about uh, which wines are we willing to be more daring with, red or white? Uh, we may not answer that question, perhaps, here on Grape Encounters. Many wine enthusiasts describe wine as a kind of time machine that can transport you to the place and time it was created without leaving home. Whether you're sipping a Sangiovese from Italy or a German Riesling, tasting is traveling. That being said, Total Wine & More is like the world's biggest airport. With more than 8,000 wines from every corner of the world in their stores, you can be incredibly adventurous and savor every journey. Plus, you can do all of your shopping online at TotalWine.com and pick up your order at your local Total Wine and more. If you're a frequent Grape Encounters radio listener, you know that our show is all about inclusiveness. For far too long, wine consumers have felt left out, simply because a small minority of, well, let's call them out, wine snobs have dominated the conversation. For 12 years, it's been my mission to give you, the wine enthusiasts that just want to have fun, a front row seat to everything that's cool about wine. And while we have a very intimate thing going on here, I've been thinking that we can take things where no radio or TV program has gone before. And so beginning next week, I'm inviting you and your friends to get together with me for a private online party. This isn't a big streaming free-for-all event. It's you, me, and your guests. You decide what you want to talk about, we'll set a time, then it's party time. 
So email me using the contact form at GrapeEncounters.com. Tell me a little bit about how we can make this fun for you, and I'll respond to as many requests as I can. Just drop me a note at GrapeEncounters.com. Listen, if you're feeling just lost in the woods where wine is concerned, you're feeling overwhelmed, you need a little guidance. There is no better person to turn to than Christopher Sawyer, the sommelier to the stars who calls Sonoma County his home. I've been lucky to grow up here in Sonoma County and go to Napa often. I like to say that the wine industry grew up around me because it didn't look like this in a lot of places here. There was just a lot of cattle and a lot of fruit trees and all of that. They've been replaced by wineries and vineyards. So it's been a fun experience and I, I love sharing it with others. So we're, we're talking about which wines people are probably more willing to experiment with. I think people did get really bored during the whole COVID thing. and But let's just talk about a couple more wines if we can. And then after that, we can get into a little bit of red wine if you'd like to as well. Sure. The wines that I have seen a lot of activity where experimentation is concerned are the wines of Spain and the wines of Portugal. Portugal is making just extraordinary blends. And the thing that's interesting is that the grapes are grapes that most people would never be familiar with. And yet they have a real pleasantness where the American palate is concerned. Do you agree? Yeah, I I think so. Portugal is just, I think it's number two in the world for the types of varieties that it has next to Italy. France might be in there, but it has so many grape varieties that grow there. And it's kind of like I was saying about Spain. They don't really have laws about what you're supposed to grow there. And so you find things like Vieira and aromatic things like that. I mean, Chenin Blanc is not hot there, uh, even though it is in France. And then Chenin Blanc is another white grape that I think is uh, something that's kind of become big again. A lot of younger people have never had Chenin Blanc and then they have it for the first time and they're like, wow, what is this grape? And they don't know that at one point in California here, we had 50,000 acres of Chenin Blanc growing at the same time that there were less than 10,000 acres of Chardonnay. And that completely flipped around in the mid 80s and then Chenin Blanc got lost and now it's back. So I think that these are the kinds of things that we see that they're almost cyclical. And I think that a lot of older vineyards up in Oregon have really led that renaissance. And I think we're very lucky. One of the things about Oregon that a lot of people don't realize, they are on fire right now making amazing Rieslings. Wow. Riesling used to be it in California. Chardonnay wasn't around, you guys, back in the 60s. Chardonnay wasn't anything. And it wasn't even really big in the 70s. It really wasn't until the 80s that Chardonnay came on. But Riesling was a big deal. That is exactly true. And, you know, for people who are, you know, drinking things like certainly Sauvignon Blancs, which, you know, there's a wide range of Sauvignon Blancs, but Rieslings, you know, are a great alternative. The the Portuguese wines that we talked about, great alternative. In Spain, there are a lot of wines that are very similar when we, when we talk about whites to the ones that are coming from Portugal. And by the way, a lot of these wines are frizzante. And that's kind of a fun little uh, addition 
and I'm seeing more and more of that. And what I mean by frizzante is it's not like it's a champagne kind of thing. It's just this little teeny weeny itsy bitsy fizz. Do you agree that yeah. frizzante is, is coming into favor? Absolutely. They're just fresher flavors. Um, they're not, you know, uh, making a champagne is a, uh, it takes a lot of um, patience because you're, you're going to, you know, put it in the bottle and then re-age it, re-ferment it inside the bottle to create those those bubbles but when you can do it with a younger wine and, and you're not not really following the the method champenois um, standards then you can do basically anything and so i think that some of these fresh young flavors are really really great that you can capture in the inside these bottles with a little bit of fizz and it, you know what i like a little fizzy wine and i like it give me a little bit of fizziness with um, some oysters or give it to me with um, some ceviche or just some fun little appetizers to start out the evening or just a sipper out on the the porch when it's hot. And you're probably in many cases, not even going to notice that the fizz is there because it can be very, very subtle. It's like a garnish almost is the best way that I can describe it. A couple of other wines. um, And then we're going to take just a minute to talk about red wines, but um, Assyrtico from uh, Greece is really, really a a fun wine. Uh, Vermentino is a wine that you should, you know, Vermentino is one of my favorite grape varieties of them all and it's um in in france we would call it um roll which is r-o-l-l-e um it's the same grape variety it has a very unique character it's a little kind of similar to pinot gris or pinot grigio but it has a little bit more body weight and it, it can be very filling of the mouth and it has nice sharp acidity which is always that crispness that comes out in the end i just bought a bottle i was in san francisco the other day and bought a bottle of a uh, italian uh vermentino just because i wanted my wife to have some and just she's a she's a big white wine fan and i mean she really doesn't drink red so we we drink um sparkling wines we drink rosés and we drink a lot of white wines i mean obviously i drink a lot of red wines too but um you know so i i think that that's a really great thing but i really bought that just for her to to really try something new which is vermentino and then i'm just gonna say without any discussion because we just have like a minute or two to um highlight uh, a few reds, but Gruner Veltliner from Austria is all the rage right now. All I'm going to tell you is if you buy it and you drink it, you will love it. If you don't, um, you need to see somebody for help. My conclusion would be that uh, people are experimenting a lot more with white, but where red is concerned, rattle off a few really quickly that you think should be on people's radar. So as far as red uh, grape varieties go, I, I'm really into Pinot Meunier. We have a little um, society called the Friends of Pinot Meunier. So let me wow. put it that way. It is, it is not PMS. It is FO. PMS. Okay. So it's not PMS, you guys. Valdigui is a very interesting grape variety too. A lot of people know it more as a Napa Gamay or Gamay in general. I think this is really something that's coming up um, a lot. You'll find some up in Oregon uh, for Gamay. And uh, I did a great show with um, uh, my good friend, Rod Berglund from um, Joseph Swan Winery, who who does it. And you can find that on the varietal show that I do. Um, the other one I think is Malbec, 
one of the other two that I think are great, Malbec. And I like how Malbec's now being blended in with other things, like the Lassiter family winery does the Amaru, which it means the lovers. Um, and it really is a Malbec-based wine, but it has Cabernet and Merlot in it. And then the other one I think that really has come back, and that is a Cabernet Franc. And Cabernet Franc, um, they're, the be- they're the best wines that I've ever tasted of Cabernet Franc is right now. Christopher Sawyer, the sommelier to the stars, one of my favorite people on earth and somebody you can go to for guidance. Chris, your website? Is uh, SawyerSom.com and that's uh, S-A-W-Y-E-R and then Som is S-O-M-M. So you can find me there and you can also look up my show which is called The Varietal Show on the internet as well. Okay, Chris, it's so nice to talk to you. We are now going to Spirit up to Oregon. I know you were there recently and uh, we're going to stop into Abacella. They are one of the best wineries in Oregon, in my opinion. Absolutely. They're unstoppable. They're just uh, pumping out incredible wines left, right, and center. So many big thanks to Chris Sawyer. Great to see you back in action, my friend. Yeah, you can see me grimacing through the show, but I think another couple of days, heck, I'll be fit as a fiddle. Exactly. And if you believe that, well, whatever. In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia, her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Caria into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, Walnuts and Wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. Immerse yourself in the breathtaking surroundings that make Oregon a must-visit. Taste unrivaled wines. Indulge in lavish culinary creations. Savor the very best of Oregon. Enjoy time with your guests as you bid on exclusive auction items and wine futures. All to transform healthcare through Asante Foundation. Join us this August for the Oregon Wine Experience. Visit theoregonwineexperience.com to be part of this unique celebration. We're back with more Grape Encounters. Hey, please do us an enormous favor and like us on Facebook. It's the very best way to learn about other opportunities that we may not share on the broadcast. Also, join our mailing list on GrapeEncounters.com. Listeners on our contact list receive some exclusive opportunities. Become an insider. Enough said. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. Back with Grape Encounters Radio. And, you know, we were talking in the last two segments about wines that people are being daring uh, toward. And, you know, wines that people are willing to try that are not uh, in their comfort zone. And uh, for the consumer, you know, that means, you know, spending anywhere between five bucks and let's say 30 bucks uh, on a white wine. But imagine being on the grower side, the winemaking side, and you have to make the decision to 
to plant things that are not so much on people's radar. It's a huge roll of the dice. And sometimes the winemakers win and sometimes they lose really big. There is a winery in Oregon that their reputation is so amazing as innovators and their willingness to just go go the extra mile to create things and do things that really take the wine industry to the next level um, is just amazing. It's Abacella. They've been on the show before, but I have somebody new. Well, he's not exactly new at Abacella, but he's uh, he joined recently in the you know uh, last little while, and his name is Gavin Jall, and he is the general manager. And I'm surprised that the owners, who are so hands-on, so innovative, would turn the controls over to anybody. That that seems almost unthinkable to me because they stamp their personal touch on absolutely everything. Gavin, thanks for coming on uh, the show today. Really appreciate it. And what a great job you have. When did you join? Well, David, well, first, thanks for having me on the show today. I'm uh, excited to chat with you. Um, so I came on board here at Abacella in May, in, beginning of May of 2020. So I've been here for a little over a year, gone through an entire growing season and harvest. And um, yeah, it's been it's been great. It's obviously been a, a challenging year to step into a new role like this. Um, but it's such a special place. I, I really enjoyed the, the last year and a half. Well, uh, Abacella probably, well, at least they seem to do more events than the average Joe out there. They're, they've always got something going on and you're in the middle of something right now and it really, really tips into our topic today. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, this is a very exciting uh, time of year for us. We actually started celebrating Albarino days yesterday and that celebration started on July 28th and will go through August 2nd. So what we're known for here at Abacella is really, you know, pioneering a number of grape varieties, particularly varieties from the Iberian Peninsula um, or Spanish varieties. So our big well-known red that we've produced and really pioneered in the U.S. is Tempranillo. And the counterpart, the the white that we started growing over 20 years ago, one of the first wineries in the U.S. and have really grown a a loyal following for is um, Albarino from Northwest Spain. And we celebrate Albarino 12 months out of the year, but we do something special this week. We'll pour uh, library wines in addition to our current vintages in the tasting room and do some neat food pairings with those. And it's a lot of fun. So as far as Albarino is concerned, I've been drinking it for a really long time, as uh, you probably know. I also have a wine shop and I've carried it for a really long time. People love the wine, but I guess I have to ask the question, do you think that Albarino has broken through and is it now um, playing in the in the mainstream of wines or does it have a ways to go? I think I think it's certainly broken through in areas. There may be markets where, you know, let's take us for example. We um, we farm 76 acres of vineyard total. Um, Albarino is approximately 14, just under 14 acres of what we farm. So what we produce is we produce a, a good volume of Albarino, but at the same time, it's fairly limited. What would I probably drink now that would make Albarino very appealing to me? Does that make sense? Yeah. So what would be your gateway to Albarino? That's a better way of putting the question. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a great question. I think, I mean, it's tough. I look at myself. I love dry, crisp, assertive whites and Albarino to me falls in that camp. So wines that um, are dry have that great refreshing acidity, food-friendly wines, or you could just have a sip. I think anything that really falls into that 
category um, could lend itself well to a transition to try Albarino and, and readily enjoy that. But let's say that you drink uh, Sauvignon Blanc, for, for yeah. example, or or maybe you drink a, a stainless steel Chardonnay. Yeah. To me, Albarino is a, a more aggressive wine. You know, it's, it's a little more in your face. Do you agree? I think it, I think it can be. Yeah, I think um, certainly some vintages, some producers um, are going to be, yeah, more powerful, more aggressive. That's a great word. Yeah, it's. It, I guess the best way to say it is it, it, it is not a, a wine that is passive. If you drink Albarino, you're going to notice that you're drinking a really, um, a, a wine that's really putting itself out there. Talk to me about some of the other things, uh, white wine wise, that you guys are doing. Uh, and then also, if you could, just uh, if you could mention a few um, other whites that are being grown in Oregon that you think have potential. Yeah, absolutely. In addition to Albarino, we grow Viognier, and that does really well here. And then we do a little bit of Muscat. So we do, um, we have two different types of Muscat that we grow, typically co-ferment and do an off-dry Muscat. That is just a nice kind of something different to pour in the tasting room. So what is the definition of off-dry? Because I, I have been drinking a lot of white wines that I would consider to be sweet, you know, right. for, for my palate. And they say on the label off-dry. I, I think that's a kind of a deceiving term about bit, but how much sugar, how much sweetness am I going to taste in an off-dry, uh, you said Moscato, right? So with our Muscat, it's not overly sweet, but there's definitely, it's noticeably sweet on the palate. Yeah. If you're a dry wine person, yeah. When you see off-dry, um, if you have any doubts or if you're not wanting something that, you know, you would consider to be sweet, um, you might want to ask. Uh, people are buying a ton of off-dry and sweet wines right now. It's just, I think it's, is that, that these wines are very comforting and they became more and more popular during the whole COVID thing. And now I, in my wine shop, have people come in literally every day asking for sweet wines where I didn't have anybody ask for a sweet wine in three and four months. Are you experiencing something similar? Yeah, I mean, we, we see that we get a you know wide variety of people that, that visit us here um, at our Vine and Wine Center, which is our visitor center. And yeah, people are willing to explore. You know, that's what's what's neat. We can we can kind of scratch that itch, so to speak. We we grow a lot of different varieties. So in addition to the whites, we grow um, you know a number of different reds. We grow 15 different varieties total in our vineyard. So we can really kind of cater to that wonderful sense of discovery that wines lend themselves to, and show people varieties that maybe they've right. never had before or never you know didn't even know were grown in Oregon or the U.S. And when you consider the fact that there are only about eight or nine wines that would be considered mainstream wines in America, you're just uh, blowing that to pieces. Absolutely. I mean, it, and it's neat because it's, you know, from a producer standpoint, it's more, more challenging to A, grow something that hasn't been grown in a certain area, but then B, market that. And really, you're not only trying to produce a great wine and you're trying to teach them about a completely new variety or region that they've never had for. The question becomes, and I don't want you to answer it right now because we're going to go to a commercial break, but this is the, you know, million dollar question. Are people willing to to be more experimental right now? And if so, which wines, white or red, are they, they more willing to play with? And, uh, you know, take a, you know, a roll of the dice and, you know, take home something that they've never heard of. So that's going to be the question that we're going to force you to answer, Gavin Jahl. In just a second, Gavin is the general manager of Abacella. If you go to Oregon and you don't go to Abacella, you have not visited Oregon wine country. It's just that simple. And the, the winery itself 
has so many features that are so innovative, so amazing. That's a whole show all by itself. Uh, Gavin, hang with me, okay? And we'll be right back. Even though I spend almost every waking hour trying to track down all things wine, it takes nearly superhuman powers to keep up with the folks at Total Wine & More. I remember the first time I ever set foot in a Total Wine & More store. My jaw literally dropped to the floor as I tried to comprehend the astonishing wine, spirit, and beer offerings that were suddenly at my fingertips, wonderfully organized for super easy navigation. How do they pull off such an amazing feat? Well, it all comes down to an incomparable team of experts that constantly searches every corner of the world for amazing products priced so you can enjoy them on any occasion. Total Wine doesn't just sell the same old, same old. They're always busy forging relationships with outstanding producers on every continent so that they're able to provide exceptional wines that are exciting and new to you at incredible savings. New discoveries, must-have favorites, and more than 8,000 wine choices that you can even explore from home on your laptop or phone. Explore Total Wine in whatever manner suits you best, in person or if you've come to enjoy that curbside experience, you can order online at TotalWine.com and pick up your wine in the store or just outside if a contactless experience is your preference. And make sure to check for special opportunities that are always plentiful at TotalWine.com. There are always plenty of reasons to get excited about your next Total Wine experience. We like to talk about wine. Words can be very confusing. When you're crazy, people say that you're nuts. But what if you're crazy about nuts? Well, that doesn't mean that you should be sent to the funny farm. It means that you should be sent to the farm of MM Organics, the producers of organic heirloom walnuts and walnut products that are so incomparably unique and delicious, other nuts will be reduced to wallflowers. Whoops, there we go with those crazy meanings of words again. After all, if being a wallflower means disappearing into the background, then why does being a walnut from MM Organics mean standing out from the rest? Confused? Well, you won't be when you discover the glorious deliciousness of walnut halves, baking pieces, fair trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and other scrumptious walnut products from MM Organics. Learn more and order yours at mmorganics.com, where you'll also find our utterly irresistible two-horse Portuguese dessert wine that everyone goes nuts for. Get crazy at mmorganics.com. Fling into spring at Total Wine & More, where fresh flavors are in full bloom. We're talking Rieslings and Rain Boots, Bubbly and Brunch. Pinot on the porch, anyone? No matter what's on your table, we have the wine and the savings to go with your menu. Sauvignon Blanc plays nicely with smoked salmon. Bacon practically begs for Chardonnay. And which rosé are you feeling today? We surely have a shade to match. Brighten up your glass with fresh cocktails. Rosé Prosecco makes for a beautiful twist on a mojito. Or mix up your sangria with a spritz of berry seltzer. With over 8,000 wines, 4,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers to choose from, you can expect the unexpected, always at the best prices in town with the best service in America. What'll it be today? Choose curbside pickup, in-store pickup, shipping or delivery. Explore more in-store or at TotalWine.com.
And we are in the home stretch of Grape Encounters Radio and talking to Gavin Jahl. He is the first ever general manager of Abacella, which is, I think, arguably one of the, let's say, five best wineries in Oregon. When people go out to the the winery, there were so many interesting things that were done in the construction of the winery. The winery is so substantial. If there was a nuclear war, I'd want to be at Abacella. <laughs> For two reasons. The first would be because there's lots of great wine there. The second is I'd probably survive there because it's like it really is overbuilt in a lot of ways. And um, that's one of the really cool things. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful property. Speak to the location of the winery for a second. Yeah, it's really easy to get to. You know, we are in Southwest Roseburg near a little community called Winston, but we technically are in Roseburg and just west of I-5. So if you're headed in Southern Oregon on Interstate 5, you can turn on exit 119. And uh, we're just just uh, five, 10 minutes off of I-5. You can be pulling in our gate, driving up the driveway, and then uh, enjoy some wines surrounded by beautiful vines. My only real long-term experience with Roseburg is when I was about 10 years old, my father had a friend who started a sheep ranch. Okay. And they thought it was would be fun for our whole family to come for the summer and shear sheep. And uh, have you ever sheared sheep? Because I'm telling you, it's the worst thing imaginable. The worst thing, all that lanolin in the sheep. You're so greasy. It's so smelly. You're wrestling sheep all day. It's like, that was my (laughs) Roseburg thing. But now it's a a great place for wine as well. Now, all I can say is there are great wines coming from there and the wines are not sheep. (laughs) They're not expensive either. Okay. So, the wines that the ones that you would point people to if they said, you know, what are the most interesting wines that I can taste at Abacella? So interesting things that are off the beaten path. I mean, well, Tempranillo is new for a lot of people and that's still yeah, surprising because yeah, yeah. it's so such a, you know, it's a grape that's a lot of it's produced around the world, but still for American consumers that are, you know, more familiar maybe with California or, or our neighbors up to the North that might look at, you know, Bordeaux based varieties or, or, uh, Pinot Noir, et cetera. Tempranillo can be new. Um, but in addition to that, to try our Albarino. Um, you know, we introduce it to a lot of people and have gained, garnered a lot of support over the years for it. Viognier thrives in our area. Um, it's another grape that does great in Southern Oregon. So I encourage people to try that. Um, a few reds that are really fun to explore that not a lot of people know about that we produce and do really well. A um, couple Portuguese red varieties, uh, Tinta Amarela and Tariga Nacional do really well. Um, in addition to those, I am always a big fan of our Graciano, which is produced in very limited amounts each year. And then um, we've grown our acreage of Tanat. That is by far and away one of my absolute favorite red wines. And I think that Tanat is probably on the top five list of most underappreciated wines. It's a lot of fun to farm. It's a lot of fun on the crush pad. Um, and the wines are delicious. I mean, they're structured powerful wines, but they just have such great aromatic flavor profiles. Um, We've grown the production a little bit over the years and have started to sell it a little bit outside the winery. It's still mostly sold to our wine club and through the tasting room here. I was going to send you a check for a few bottles, but uh, I'm not a club member. So maybe you'll make an exception for me. Who knows? Yeah, we can make an exception. We we have some available uh, outside of what goes to the club. So we could certainly certainly find and and read about the current vintage on our website, I'm sure. Let's just do one more and then we got to go. All right. Um, drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Um, 
A fun one is uh, Dolcetto. So we we do, we grow oh, Dolcetto as well. Yeah. So we have just a, a few acres planted, but it, it's a fan favorite. Do you agree that people are more reluctant to experiment with reds and whites? I, I think people probably are more familiar with reds they like, uh, maybe a little bit more willing to step outside their comfort zone with whites. Okay. Well, Gavin Jall is the general manager, first general manager, first person trusted to helm Albacella in Roseburg, Oregon, a great winery really truly is. I'm, I, I like to check in with them, you know, every once in a while, uh, more often than a lot of wineries. They are going to be at the Oregon Wine Experience, and that is uh, coming up in late August. So, um, you know, just go to theoregonwineexperience.com and you'll find out all about it. Uh, it runs technically August 23rd through the 29th. It is by far and away, and I'm not just saying this, it is by far and away my favorite food and wine event. It just just that good and get out there because so much of us have been, or so many of us have been sequestered for such a long time. And if you're going to go kick up your heels, I suggest that you do it in Southern Oregon because um, it's a great place to visit. There's lots of other things to do. Uh, in addition to going to the Oregon Wine Experience, you'll have such a good time there. And, um, you know, look up Gavin while you're there. Before I go, I'd just like to, I guess, announce some exciting news and welcome Greg Jones to Abacella as our new CEO. So Greg is Earl and Hilda's son, the founders of the winery, who have been owner-operators for the last 25 plus years. And um, uh, Greg is stepping into Earl's role as CEO, effective essentially now, and um, is going to bring a wealth of experience in the wine industry to Abacella and kind of help lead um, lead us into the next chapter. So Greg is one of the um, leading viticultural climatologists and atmospheric scientists uh, in the world and has been to wine regions all over the world to do research and, and his work. And so it's exciting to have uh, him on board and it'll be exciting to work with him going forward. That's so great. I, the only thing bad about it is that I thought that I was in line for that position. So okay. <laughs> yeah, this is a serious guy who really knows his stuff. It's not just like handing the scepter from father to son. This is somebody who's earned the right to be CEO of one of the best wineries in America. And so that We'll do it for Grape Encounters. We will uh, be back here next week. We will see you at the Oregon Wine Experience on August 23rd through the 29th. You better be there because I'm going to be um, taking roll call. But one person who will be there is Gavin Jall, General Manager, Abacella in Roseburg, Oregon. Thanks for being on, Gavin. I sure appreciate it. Great. Thanks, David. All right. That, that'll do it for today. We'll be back here same time next week with more Grape Encounters. <laughs> This edition of Grape Encounters has been brought to you by Total Wine & More. When Total Wine & More challenged themselves to keep more than 8,000 wines on hand, they pioneered a consumer experience that 99.999% of the population would have thought was impossible. It was an undertaking that I still can't totally get my arms around today. But I've spent many hours of my personal time being that adult kid in a candy store, using my mouse to learn about their extremely affordable top 20 wines of the year, or learning eye-opening details about the iconic winemakers behind Total Wine's Legends of Wine collection. TotalWine.com is an online resource so rich with content, it's hard to imagine a more satisfying wine-related experience. Spend all the time you want at TotalWine.com or at your nearest store. Just make sure you're back here with me at the same time next week 
for another grape encounter.